Ah, Chris, doesn't it feel good to be back in the United Kingdom? Yeah, but why are we walking in the middle of the M6 motorway? Well, no different here than it is in the States. we got to practice social distancing. I figured the best way for us to stay away from everybody is to walk along the highway. You're not going to find anybody out here. But the only problem is, is that... <laughs> And I didn't want to say this before, I have no idea where the fuck we are and what direction we're supposed to be going. See, I think I see two women over there. Maybe you can ask them. Oh, shit. All right, uh, let me go ask some directions, and I'll be uh, right back. Holy shit. That looks like Sabina and Ursula Erickson. I got it, Chris. Don't worry about it. I'll be right back. Oh, shit. Would you guys mind uh, pointing me in the right direction? I seem to be uh, a little bit lost. <laughs> oh! Oh! Yeah, he'll be fine. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yo, taxi! Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and with me, as always, and looking more delightful than ever, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, it's been quite some time since we spoke. We're all dying to know. How are you? Oh, fuck me with this shit, man. I, uh, I gotta tell you, with, it's been... Not even two weeks of this home stuff, and uh, I am fucking losing it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is starting to get a little old, but I do like kind of laying around on my fat ass and doing nothing for a little bit. <laughs> uh, there is perks, I will give that. But <laughs> and, um, and I'm telling you, I, my 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 fat blubber titties are getting out of control at this point, so I've got to get back on the. Uh, on the ball isn't it amazing like how quickly just sitting around and like eating watching tv in a matter of days you could just start seeing <laughs> handles form it's unbelievable like i went from training six days a week for that spartan ultra to just sitting around and, and basically doing nothing so like i said last episode i exercised a couple times so i've been back at it again just because i was getting too uh too comfortable with doing nothing. They just rescheduled the Ultra for October 3rd. So I'm going to have to get my ass in gear again and soon. Thankfully, at least uh, they rescheduled it for like a cooler month, you know, like not like July or something. That would suck. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, at least I have a new start date and uh, I, I just got to get back into it. I've been uh, hitting a tire with a sledgehammer, doing some kettlebell swings, burpees, running a little bit, but not as much as I should be, I'll tell you that much. I do all that in my sleep. <laughs> uh, and I brought a few new boxes of Entenmann's, so... <laughs> oh, how are the curls on that? Oh, 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 man. One bite per curl? <laughs> so fucking good. But how are you doing otherwise, Chris? Thankfully, I'm staying sane with the uh, plants I've got going in here. The uh, gardening is begun. Uh, I do like to dabble in gardening myself you know something to keep the mind sane mm, indeed now that's what i've been doing with this fucking uh podcast so it's keeping me busy but i'm telling you what now it's becoming a full-time job and i'm getting very tired and uh <laughs> just because we bullshit and make so many mistakes it takes forever to edit these fucking episodes 
the last episode, you did wonders, Bill. <laughs> Absolute wonders. Oh, that was a fucking disaster. Dude, <laughs> like, I, the, the fucking, uh, I must have deleted the first half of the show. It was so fucking terrible. Laughing at the name Jimmy for a good 20 minutes. But with that said, our numbers are looking very good. Apparently, people like listening to us for some reason. I don't get it, but uh, I guess we'll keep on churning these things out, huh? We'll do our best. We've got fans to to cater to. Oh, God. Is that what we want to call them? All right, Chris, I'm excited about tonight's episode because tonight we are going back to where it all started for us. We are going back to the United Kingdom. And if you recall, Chris, our inaugural episode took place in the UK when we discussed the Ericsson twins. I remember that. Unfortunately, this episode is going to be a little more somber. We are going to be discussing the mysterious disappearance of Andrew Gosden. Now, Andrew was 14 years old at the time of his disappearance in 2007. He was living with his parents and sister in the town of Doncaster, which is in South Yorkshire. And I don't know what that means to anybody here in the States, but uh, look it up (laughs) on a map. From all accounts, Andrew was more than bright. He was actually a gifted student, so much so that he was in the Young, Gifted, and Talented program at the Macaulay Catholic High School, which he attended in Doncaster. And he even had a 100% attendance record, which is beyond me, because I always try to skip school, but good for him, man. This must have been a driven kid. And everything we hear about him from his parents is that he was a normal, well, just a kid. He liked video games, music. They say that he was also a bit of a quote-unquote homebird, which here in the States we would say homebody, right? He didn't really like going out much, but if he did go anywhere, he would always leave a note or let them know. So they had no trouble with this kid whatsoever, which makes this disappearance all the more puzzling because one day, although he did dress up in his school uniform, he decided not to go to school. He went to a nearby park, waited a little bit until his parents left for work, headed back to his house, changed out of his school uniform, put on his regular clothes, went to the Doncaster train station and took a train from Doncaster all the ways into London, which I looked it up and I think it's about a two and a half hour ride. You know, this is no short trip, especially for a 14 year old to make by himself. Although his parents do say that he had a lot of family and acquaintances and friends in London and he was familiar with the area. Nonetheless, it's still quite a trip for a 14 year old to make by himself. His personality a little bit though, as you were mentioning that he was a home bird, as his parents said, he didn't really socialize with friends outside of school. So on to the point of him wanting to pretty much just stay home all the time. You know, he, he kind of kept to himself about school. He never really talked about school to his parents. You kind of see this a lot with kids like this. I mean, he's he's a very bright kid. He's very into his studies. At least his studies to him seem kind of simple, like almost as if he's not being challenged. But you see this a lot in terms of not having a social life. When someone's very, very bright, sometimes they just are socially awkward and, you know, they don't, they don't tend to have much of a life outside of that. problem with that is there tends to be a lot of secrets when that happens, right? So if, the, if he's staying to himself a lot and, and not really informing his parents about his social life... Do you have any secrets you'd like to tell us, Chris? I, I don't think so. I'm a pretty open person. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, continue. That's kind of the big mystery here. You know, 
he does not ever miss school. Now, granted, this is only eight days into the new school year, so perhaps there was some sort of a relationship thing with, with a person he was speaking with over the summer, but this is very out of the norm for Andrew. So his parents, who say that he's never missed school, now eight days into the new school year, he's missed a day of school. But, you know, that could he, also be, because if he's 14, right, so this obviously had to be... That would equate to ninth grade, pretty much, right? So that would be your first. That would be I don't know f- how they do it in the UK, but yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're going through puberty, and it's that fucking awkward time. You know, you're trying to discover who the hell you are. He must have been going through something in his mind, but you know, your body's changing, and uh, you know, you're going through the the mental aspect of that too. So who the right. hell knows what was going on? You know, it could have been even it could have been some fucking bullying or some shit at the school. The kid just didn't feel like dealing with it that day. That's possible. I mean, if if he's going into a new, uh, I, I don't see here because how it works in the U.S. is well, typically it's not even the same throughout the U.S. Is for me like elementary school was up to sixth grade, and then middle school was seventh and eighth, and then high school was ninth through twelfth. So if he was entering ninth, that would be a new school. So you'd kind of be like the freshman in a new school. So yeah, you do tend to get bullied by some people if you're just a new student. Because kids, kids can be fucking assholes. Oh, kids are the worst. Absolute worst. Yeah, I mean, his parents said that there were no indications that he had been subjected to bullying, but this is eight days into the new school year. He's not really telling his parents much about I, his school life anyway. And generally speaking, if a kid get, is getting bullied, last person they usually let know are their parents, you know, because there's a sense of embarrassment or humiliation because right. nobody, nobody wants that to happen to them. And of course, they don't want people to know about it. True. So th- there's the fact that this was a new school year. You know, we don't know what interactions he had over the summer. Um, that could have certainly led to the events that followed. And as you said, he went to a park, went back home, changed his, out of his uniform, gets into clothes. He's wearing a, uh, the band Slipknot. He's wearing one of their t-shirts, which we'll come to find out uh, he's witnessed on a CCTV wearing that shirt. He heads out to, to the King's Cross train station. Which is one of the largest in the United Kingdom. That'd probably be the equivalent of him... Getting off a train in Grand Central here in New York. Just so many fucking people around. And I, I think about my 12-year-old daughter doing that because that's roughly the same age. You know, you're just setting yourself up for any kind of foul play to happen with that many people. And so, like, in the UK, the statistics for missing persons, it's something like 180,000. But in London alone, I think it's something like 30,000. Their statistic is like every 90 seconds somebody goes missing. So it's not unheard of for people to go missing there. It's not a shock, I'm sure, to the police department when they come across a missing persons case because they probably have plenty. It's a kid. Obviously, this is probably a little bit more of a high priority. The school, was this was actually kind of unusual too. Like, you know how sometimes these events, just the way they transpire, it's just like... It was like almost like a perfect storm. Oh, uh, yeah, this is fucked his, up. Yeah, his school went to call his home, and apparently they had the wrong number. I, I think they accidentally dialed the number. Or they dialed uh, the number yeah, wrong. Yeah, they, they dialed the number for the student that was listed above him somehow, which is how fucked up is that? Oh, my God. So so they, they basically don't end up reaching his family to say that he's not there. So the only way his family ends up finding out is this when they don't see him at home. In fact... They even waited a little while, I think, right? Because they thought he might have been in the basement or they or thought his room, yeah. right. 
so they don't, they don't find out until they, they call him for dinner, I think. That's like what we talked about last week. That's just valuable time. You know, when we talk about the cruise ships and shit, as soon as a person goes missing or you suspect that they go missing, those first few fucking hours are just right. invaluable. Let's go backwards a little bit to the morning of Andrew's disappearance. It seemed like a normal day. I guess his parents said he woke up a little bit cranky or irritable. But, you know, what teenager isn't, you know, at that point, waking up early to go to school. He got dressed for school, put on his uniform like any other day. At 8.30 that morning, he left his house and was seen heading down uh, his normal path that he would take to school, right? But instead of going to school... He headed to a local park. He waited there for a little bit of time until his parents left for work and then headed back home, which was caught on his neighbor's CCTV camera. They showed him re-entering his house, and it was at that point that he took his uniform off, put his regular clothes on, left the house, and then went to an ATM at a local garage, apparently, and withdrew about 200 pounds, which is, God, roughly, what is that, like 230 bucks? Yeah, probably or two, like maybe two fifty. I don't know. Um, so basically, he took out all of his money, then headed to the Doncaster railway station. Now, the odd thing there is that Andrew had about a hundred dollars in his room too that was left untouched. He left that behind, and the only thing that we know that he took with him is his what is it? The place? What is it, that fucking thing? A PlayStation? PlayStation Portable console? You know, like a handheld game? Oh yeah. System. So yeah, he so he took that a couple hundred dollars. But the interesting thing about that game system is that he did not take the charger. I would assume that those things, the, the battery life on those fucking things is pretty uh, weak. So, I mean, I'm assuming, especially if a kid's playing it a lot, that the thing's going to die out sooner than later. So that's something that you would want to bring with you if you're going on an extended stay. So That's actually a, a point to think about, though. If you're thinking about him taking that portable PlayStation with him without the charger, withdrawing $200 of cash, leaving 100 in his room... That's the sign of someone who plans on coming back. Coming back, yeah. To me. Now, I'm wondering, though, with this game system, back then, if you could actually, like, talk to... You know how you can, like, talk to people through these fucking games now? Or even, like, you know, words with friends as an app or message people yeah. on Instagram and all this bullshit? I wonder if you could do this on that system. And So you could, but, but what PlayStation... They actually reached out to PlayStation, the family, tried to get any information on his messaging. And they said that he did not have an account or an email um, to access the app so that there was no... I don't think he had the capabilities to actually message anybody. And they actually checked their home computer, too, and they didn't find anything out of the ordinary. The reason I was asking about that is because this sounds to me that he was kind of being groomed or lured down to London by someone that he met online, or so it sounds that way. Who knows what kind of fucking freaks are lurking in these uh, these games? They're everywhere. Things. These games are weird because even my kids, my daughter's twelve and my son is going to be ten, and they they played the um, Roblox, right? And you got to watch that thing because, like, I, I was just reading a fucking article that there's a bunch of kitty fiddlers on that goddamn game too, and it's just nothing. It looks like a little uh, bullshit, like a Lego game, like they're building shit on there yeah. and stuff like that. So it doesn't even Dude. look like anything sinister, but apparently. They could be talked to. So I had to fucking adjust all these goddamn things and tell them not to talk to anybody. If they talk to someone, they're fucking gone. These people out there that are adults that have the minds of a young teenager and, and they'll, they do very well at pretending to be that there's someone younger than they really are. It's just, you, you can never, you can never trust anybody on the internet. You just can't, especially in the gaming world. It's just such a secretive, 
you've got so many of these kids or uh, adults that are into these gaming uh, systems. You don't know how old they are, and they could pretend to be a teenager. And who knows, some pretending to be teenager person could have reached out and said, hey, why don't we go catch this show, and then afterwards we'll game all day or something like that. And he decides to pack up and do that one day. Yeah, you're right, because they did check the schedule, and two of the bands that he apparently liked, which were 30 Seconds to Mars, and um, what's the other one called? Sixth. Sixth? Sixth. They were both playing shows in the London area. So there was rumor or thought that maybe he was just going down there with whoever he was going to meet to go watch a show and then come back. But we do come to find out that he had the option to buy a round-trip ticket for a dollar more than the one-way fare, and he turned that down. That leads you to believe one of two things, that either he was planning on never coming back, or he was going to meet someone, and they were promised him a ride home. He's also 14 years old. He's probably just like, nah, that's okay. I'll, I'll get a ticket on the way back later or something, you know, like... He's 14. Maybe he's just not thinking. That's a good point, too. Like, rationally. So, okay. So, he's he's gone missing. And now when the parents have found out that he's gone missing, they obviously contact uh, the police. They did notify the police. But, unfortunately, as we said, he left early in the morning. I think he caught the 935 train out of Doncaster to get to King's Cross. And the parents didn't notify the police or find out that he was even missing till around dinner time so what is that around six six o'clock or so they called the police at seven so yeah it was probably around six maybe yeah so six seven o'clock is when they 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 realized it that's almost half a day yeah he he arrived in london at 11 20 so he's right he's you know you're thinking about seven hours or so he is now at his destination. And, and you think about that's like we said, that's a long fucking train ride. That's two oh, hours. That's... that's a two hour train ride for a 14 year old kid. You know, and you got to realize the, and the maturity level of a 14 year old boy is nil, basically. You know, like, I mean, no. how mature could you expect a little kid like that to be? So, you know, if he was lured there and. You know, even though he might have been familiar with London and his King's Cross station, who knows how many times he's ever gone there by himself. And that's that's the big difference here, being there by himself, being alone and vulnerable. And as you said, he got there at 11.20, and the very last footage that we see is him leaving the King's Cross station. And it's the famous picture, whenever you Google the Andrew Gosden case... This is the image that you see is uh, him with his slipknot shirt and glasses, long hair, exiting the King's Cross station. The family sort of took it upon themselves to start searching. and They recruited some of their friends and they were searching all of the, the surrounding areas every night for three days. The police were searching. They, they searched the basically the entire town of Doncaster and they found nothing. Now, it takes three days for someone to come forward after seeing these missing posters, it was the woman at the train station who sold Andrew the train ticket. So she recognized him, and that's how they got the tip to go check the footage of the CCTV cameras down in London, right? So thank God she came forward. Otherwise, this kid would never have been, there would be no indication at all as to where he went. 
So at least we got that going for us. There's reports that London itself has about close to 4,000 CCTVs. It was actually said that on a given day, any one person could be caught about 300 times a day just because of how many cameras there were. Yet we have one photo of him on the CCTV. It doesn't appear that he was roaming London. It appears he got there, and as soon as he got there, something happened. He either found the person he was looking for and got in with them um, in a car or something, or entered a building. But the fact that they don't have any other footage of him, not any that's at least distinct footage, because um, because I think they said that somebody might have saw him at a Pizza Hut, but it's not... It's not conclusive. They don't have any other conclusive footage of him other than that one. And because I think the police took too long to check the footage, right? Because by the time they got around to it, all the footage had recorded over itself. I don't know what kind of hoops have to be jumped through in order to get the footage of all the cameras. So now at this point, they've got this one picture and... How do you... I just don't get... How would you wait... Was it a month for them to actually look at all the footage? What, what good is that footage going to do you a month after the kid went missing? He could be he could be on the other side of the world at this point. Totally, man. So apparently the father, he actually wanted the South Yorkshire police to follow up with um, someone saying that he was spotted at this pizza hut in Covent Garden. And that was not followed up. And I also did not speak with the woman who reported that sighting for six weeks. So six weeks after this supposed sighting was making, that's when they're following up. Now, before we go, you know, kind of crazy on the police here, you got to remember how many missing persons cases they have to deal with. There's got to be a point in time where they just get it's so piled up. You know, you just got to take a number. I mean, who? how do you judge the severity or, you know, who's more important than who? It's kind of like whichever case came first, right? So let's just say there's so much on this, on this, this department's plate that they just couldn't get around to it for six weeks, which is a shame because you're now basically setting this whole search up for failure because so much could have happened by then. Yeah, and, and I mean, now that you're talking nearly a month, forget it. Like you said, he could be anywhere, absolutely anywhere on this planet. The police and the family have the same sort of ideas that the rest of us do, where they believe that it's a strong possibility that Andrew could have gone down there with the hopes of meeting somebody or was being lured down there to London by someone. And like we said, he was a smart kid, so he's probably acclimated with technology so maybe he might not have been using the computers at home but maybe he was using them at school or he had been in contact with somebody that he had met prior in london because they said he had visited there quite a few times so maybe someone got a hold of him and they said you want to meet up for this concert or we'll meet here on this day or that day andrew follows through with it and is lured down to london and the interesting thing that Chris said before was that there are fucking CCTV cameras everywhere and there is no footage of Andrew except the image of him walking through and exiting the train station. So, which leads me to believe that if he was going down there to meet someone, this person was very well versed in the area and they knew where every camera was located and maybe they had him 
meet them somewhere that was just out of camera range and they had a car. He got in a car and that is the last we ever see of him because he obviously had to be in a vehicle, at least I would think, because you don't see him walking anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any mention of him having a phone on him. I know they said that he, um, I think I heard that he had a phone, but I don't know if he had it with him in this um, case because if he was, you know, calling anybody or, um, you know, someone was calling him, but we don't have any records of phone related records because they don't mention it once here but in september of 2009 the family uh releases age progressed images of what he could look like at the age of 69 like you said remember at this point in your life you're going through a lot of changes so appearances can change pretty quickly not i'm not saying within a year but in a couple of years you know he could have sprouted um his face definitely could have changed um not very drastically but he could definitely not be the same childish looking face because they did say that he actually looked a little younger for his age so they do release these pictures to see if they could find him in november kevin the father appealed to the gay community to help find his son the family started to consider the possibility that he could have been struggling with his sexual orientation so they started to think maybe that's the reason he he left maybe he was uncomfortable about his sexuality and he didn't have the nerve to tell his parents so he just left you know and maybe he had found someone that had you know liked him and he wanted to go meet up with that person that he felt that he could trust and understood which leads us into these online relationships where you know they're not always what they seem to be more often than not when you meet someone online you're being sold false goods the one beneficial thing about Andrew's appearance that is unique to him is the double ridge that he has on his right ear. Now, if you don't know what a double ridge is, go Google it and check it out. It's a very unique characteristic to find on anybody because I've never seen somebody with a double ridge ear in my life. This is the first time I've ever seen it. It's very distinct and it would be a very identifiable trait. We'll jump another two years ahead to... 2011 and the family now pays this private company to do a sonar search of the river thames this is basically the same um, technology that they would use to locate any victims that may have uh, potentially drowned or gone missing in the ocean so they don't find any trace of andrew but they actually do find another body which is just kind of creepy, you know. Who, these people clearly sometimes just go missing and nobody even knows about it. This kind of leaves the parents unsatisfied, obviously. They, don't, they still don't know where their son is now. And this is, we're talking 2011, so now we are four years after his disappearance. And you can imagine it just leaves a sick feeling in your gut. Are, are you ever going to find him? Not not to mention that if they told the family that they did find a body, I, I certainly hope they said that they did not find Andrew, but they did find a body. Because how can you imagine the moments where they where they actually say we found a body in the water when we did the sonar? They and it's not him. even his, which is so fucking right. crazy. Like you think you know when you have 
all these missing person cases, if they're not buried or the body is not fucking burned beyond recognition, right? What other options are there as far as being served with the best hiding place? And that would be uh, dumping the body in a large body of water. There has to be so many people... I mean, there's too many places that a body can just be. Because you ever look when they, uh, they, they they do it, it's pretty interesting when they drain rivers for like cleaning purposes or whatnot. The shit that's on the bottom of these things, I mean, there's oh, bicycles, there could be fucking cars, just garbage fucking everywhere. You you just don't know. Like, you know. They almost did that for um, the case of... Um... When we talked about Trevor, Trevor Dealey, Trevor, Trevor Dealey. Yeah, but I think that was going to fuck up the foundation of all the buildings that were nearby. Yeah, they they hit a snag, so they couldn't do it, but they were going to do that, too. They were actually going to drain the fucking thing, which is crazy, you know, but it's nice to see people are going these lengths. You know, obviously, anybody put in their shoes, you'd want anybody to do the same for you and do anything possible to just find your son even if he's god you, you you don't want to hear that the that the person's gone that they've died but at least some sort of closure on this thing because now four years have gone by and you're not giving up hope and you're just constantly thinking where could they be you know it's just and i've seen quite a few videos online and read, read a few articles about his parents man it's just heartbreaking. They have never changed his room, so the room looks identical to the day that he went missing. Oh they never changed the locks on their front doors, hoping that he would come back. His dad, Kevin, even put money into his account, hoping that you know he still had his card, and if he was in need of money, would take it out, and that's never been touched. And the dad even said, and I mean, this is how fucking sad it is, is that he would rather find out that his son wasn't alive anymore just so he that he had an answer and the the really horrible thing that he mentioned and and i get it as being a parent he goes the hardest thing for him to deal with is the silence because obviously the home is now broken it's just not the same having no answers no information and you're just left wondering and your mind must go fucking insane there can't be a worse feeling in this world than than not knowing where your child is and just thinking that they could be gone but you just don't know but you know all hope is not lost just yet you know like as chris was saying the family had reached out to the gay community as well looking for help and that's interesting because in 2018 someone had reported that they were in i believe it was like an online chat room with a person who went by the name of Andy Rue, and that's important because that was Andrew's nickname as a child. His parents called him Andy Rue. The, the, the person who identified himself as Andy Rue said that his boyfriend left him and he needed $200 in order to cover that month's rent. So somebody that was talking to him online offered to wire him that money, and they said, just give me a bank and I can wire it into your account. Then this Andy Rue character says i don't have a bank account or any identity because i had left home when i was 14 years old and that was the same age that andy left home now we don't know if this is a hoax or not or maybe it could possibly have been andrew but the sad thing here is if this falls flat as well because apparently this website was revamped and a lot of that data 
was lost. Even though the police did investigate the matter, they were never able to identify this individual. And apparently the user by the name of Andy Rue has never been heard from again. And you don't know. I mean... Yeah, who knows? I mean, that, people, that could... People play sick jokes. That's too... To me, If let's just say if it wasn't him, there's too much similarities. What are the chances that, that somebody by the name Andy Rue, who apparently ran away at the age of 14, you know, this just sounds like one of those good, too good to be true things. And I, you kind of hope that no one's that sick to really pull the chain of a family that's grieving. Oh, they're fucking out there. Oh, they are, which is, which is why I don't, you know, I don't doubt that that's what happened here. The stressing part of that is that, you know, if it is fake, it gives the parents false hope, you know, so maybe they were in the process of recovering just a little bit. Then you get this lead and then it fizzles out. And then that starts it back at stage one again. You know, and that's that's one of those those things that you know you you hope that these these new leads that come out are not just bullshit because, like you said, that just really it just opens the wound right back up again. You know, you, you kind of get you get your your, your hopes up, and uh, it ends up being a dead end, and, and then you, you just you, you just fall deeper and deeper in, into this this black hole. You really see it in a lot of cases, right? So any anytime there's a missing persons case, the family almost never gives up hope, which I, I can't imagine if I was my child that I would have given up hope at all. And and these missing persons cases, it's always the person's always referred to as being still alive because you don't have any proof otherwise. But just last year, a police department in South Yorkshire they that that was leading the investigation they released new age progression photos of what andrew would look like at the age of 26 they're hoping that maybe it would just jog someone's memory i wonder with these age progression photos i mean you know nowadays with all the technology we have that they're probably pretty damn close but i really want to see a side by side of somebody who gets an age progression at a young age and then when they get older if that age progression matched what they actually looked like that's interesting dude because i mean i look back on my baby pictures or even pictures when i was like a, a young kid i look fucking nothing like i did i'm looking at his right now and i kind of think that's what he would look like i don't know it doesn't seem you could see it yeah and they're really making that fucking ear pronounced so i'm, I'm <laughs> if this kid is roaming around you know and especially this being one of the most well-known missing persons cases in the uk I would think that people are going to be on the lookout for that ear. And that's the other thing, too, is hairstyle. You just don't, you know. don't know. So they actually did release basically like three different hairstyles. They have a picture of him with hair basically below the ear with no glasses. And then they have pictures of him with basically what his hair is like when they last saw him with glasses. And then they have one of his hair uh, cut pretty short, actually. I remember last year when you got that tight perm. That kinky perm, and it was like it fucking threw everybody for a loop, and you looked nothing like yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, but the, the hairstyle can can alter an appearance, right? But who knows? I mean, he 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 could still be alive. You know, I doubt though. And and even the officer reached out in a statement saying. You know, I'd like to take this op opportunity to once more appeal to Andrew directly. Andrew, know that you can contact us completely confidentially. Let us know you are safe so we can reassure your family that you have come to no harm. 
and that's all they want. If they just know he's alive, they just want to know he's okay. Well, I mean, and this is this is uh, this is an interesting case because I think it's honestly, I think it's a fifty-fifty shot. I I wouldn't say that I'm overly sold on the fact that he's dead. I I I, I think there's a good know, possibility he could be alive. You know, I don't know if if it's just the way that they've kind of portrayed how this this case and, and how what leads they're looking at but i get the same vibe i don't actually feel like he's actually been killed and i don't know why but chris made a good point before when you talked about talked about him possibly being gay and struggling with that and maybe being uncomfortable with coming out to his parents about that maybe he knew someone that was struggling with the same issue went to london to meet them and or, or you know you know th- that that teenage love and this is like this this fairy tale story so they run off together and and subsequently started some kind of life together and but of course being that young and not having any money would lead to a series of unfortunate fucking outcomes you would think right being yeah. 14 uh, on the other side of that, we could be totally off. You know, maybe he's not gay at all. Like, this kid that was went by the name of Andy Rue saying he is boyfriend, who, who fucking know, even knows if that was him? You know, there's a, a 90% chance it wasn't. So he could have just been lured down by someone that he met online saying, hey, 30 Seconds to Mars is playing here. I know you like that band. We talked about it all the time. Come down. Let's go to the show. I have tickets, and I'll drive you home after the show. It could be something as simple as that. So he could not have stayed in school the entire day, then hop on a train and make it down there in time. So maybe that's the reason he skipped school with the promise of having tickets to this show. And then he was going to be driven back home. And it yeah. was, uh, you know, it, it was a setup. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, these fucking pedophiles that lurk online, man, it, it's just it's just complete fucking insanity. And it's scary. To any parent. I tell you what I'd like to know. Because he went missing just barely two weeks into the new school year, I'd want to know what kind of, you know, activities or anything that he was doing in his summer vacation prior to. Because I guarantee you, whatever relationship, whatever caused him to leave to do this happened as a result of something in the summertime before school started. Well, you're right. He would have a lot of time on his hands, right? So, according to the parents, he didn't leave the house much. So, where else would he be interacting with people? You know, it would have to be through this game system or some kind of online texting network. It would have to be. How How was this kid contacting anybody? I just want to, like, I don't know. Like, I have questions well, I, I here. think that there aren't there certain... For some reason, I remember reading that apps like Instagram and... God, I don't even know some of these other fucking social media things. Like, I I think that the messaging services within them they have some kind of like crazy in- encryption, so like they can't even be accessed. You know how you can like search fucking text messages even if they're deleted. You can't yeah. do that with a lot of these messaging apps within those kind of apps. So who the fuck knows? But it's like, why would you just get up? Something had to lure him there. Why would you just fucking get up one day and decide I have to go to London and take out two hundred bucks? Bring your game system, ruin your 100% attendance record, and just split. I mean, obviously, I don't know if he's dead or alive, but I'm 50-50 on it. This is one case where I I just don't have a feeling one way or the other. It's either he was set up, you know, and what makes me think that is that there's no other footage of him meeting anybody at the train station. It's almost like they 
set him up and told him where to go when exiting the train station. And maybe they were in a section where there was no cameras and they knew it. Hops in a car and that's it. That's the last you ever see or hear from him. Or on the other token, he went off to start a life with someone that he felt he was compatible with that was possibly going through some of the uh, same hardships that he was going through. And they went off and tried starting a life together and, you know, something bad happened along the way. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe he's still alive. I don't fucking know. There's no clear-cut feeling, which is fucking odd. Yeah, I, I, I think there's just a lack of information. They have one photo to go off of, and that's it. They, they don't know. There's too many uncertainty. This kid just went up and left. He did something completely out of his norm. He's 14. There's just there's no way to know. I, I think with the age that he was when he disappeared, I think we just want him, or people just want to believe that he's still alive, but there's just no... We have nothing to go off of, so... Basically, I don't know if anyone who's listening has heard of this case before, but, you know, I, I think given that the, the case is, I'm assuming, still open, they just recently, as of last year, the end of last year, released new photos. But if anything, definitely unfolds. Oh, yeah, the, par- the parents have been... Um, his dad, Kevin, was just interviewed again recently, so they're doing their part in keeping this case alive, and they're obviously going to keep looking for answers for as long as they're here, and hopefully they get it. Because that's probably the most brutal thing you can go through is the loss of a child. I couldn't imagine anything yeah. worse than that. That's it, man. I mean, uh, that that is uh, where we stand on the case of Andrew Gosden. It, it's just a sad case all around. And uh, this September is going to mark the 13-year anniversary. So hopefully uh, the family gets the answers that they uh, rightly deserve. God, this was a sad case. I, I... Yeah. It's just a sad case because of his age and because he had such a bright future. Oh, man. That, just a naive kid. You don't think about that at 14. You don't think about the potential. You could be... Seriously. You know, think how much stupid shit you did at that age, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so easy to say, oh, well, I would never have done that or my kid would never do You don't know that. You know, you just can't say that. This case fucking bummed me out. I, I can't handle cases of missing kids. I don't like it. All right, well, that's it. That is Andrew's case, and God willing, he will be found, and he will be found alive. So let me go through my fucking, uh, let me go through my weekly crap speech. If you uh, want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Facebook at the Between the Cracks podcast. If uh, Instagram tickles your fancy, you can reach us there. And our name there is Between the Cracks Podcast. Uh, uh, you know what? Next week, I'm not even fucking giving this information out. I don't give a shit. Nobody <laughs> writes us. And, and my, my friends keep sending me these sympathy emails, and I, it's just that's even worse. Just, yeah. just leave me alone. Well, let, let me sit here fucking irritated. All right. I guess that's going to do it for us. So until next week, be well, and we will talk to you then. you go (laughs) fuck you Uh, (laughs) all right so uh go into some of the subsequent events yeah i'll go into that and you can go into the thames thing because i fucking already forgot what the fuck that was uh (laughs) 
There you are. There. Yeah. What the fuck was that? This this episode's a fucking disaster. I think one more one more fucking fuck up and we just cancel. Do it another day. Do- <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting fucking irritated. Um, so. <laughs> Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again, Chris. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just fucking laughing spontaneously like an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have no fucking um, clue. <laughs> just, I don't even know where the fuck we are. I don't know where I'm going with that. Just cut that fucking part out. Just dribble at this point. I know we have done. I mean, this is gonna. I, in order to make this episode even halfway, I might not even release this fucking episode. <laughs> uh, I was but, gonna fucking say something. Uh,